Hello, welcome to the Early Value NFL Betting Podcast. This week, we're on to the draft and one of the first really big betting weeks of the season. And I thought, who else would I want on but another man who knows his props? It's Connor Allen from 4-4. Connor, how are you? Great, Ross. Appreciate you having me on. This is uh, normally one of the best times of the year, but this year, as we're talking about off-air, there aren't that many props. And, you know, the, mar- the limits haven't been good. Books have been slow to release. Now we're only a couple days out from the draft. There still isn't as much as we've seen in previous years. So it's a little bit disappointing, but that being said, I think still think that there's plenty of opportunity to make some money. Yeah. Fully agree. As, as we were just saying it, there really hasn't been draft positions. Hasn't been about, I, I remember a couple of years ago, getting a lot of players, Asante Samuel Jr. People like that, where we were getting really good players with a lot of different draft numbers this year. It seems to have been more uh, taking a bit of a, an educated guess on maybe some players, going to certain teams at big prices uh, that have now obviously crashed. But um, but yeah, it's been a bit disappointing from a, from a betting standpoint for, for myself. Yeah, definitely. No, it's uh, it has been disappointing for sure. But yeah, like you said, I've taken a ton of longer shot bets this draft. It's been yeah. like a lot of, you know, 10 to 1, 15 to 1, 20 to 1. Now, a lot of those values have gone. At yeah. this point, they're not really, you know, still there. But I think overall, you know, there's still – Still some meat left on the bone. And at this point, uh, you know, continuing to embrace the embrace the variance when you can and taking some of the longer shots is a pretty wise decision because the draft, especially this one, could get pretty wild. Yeah, definitely. And I'm right in thinking, Connor, you can confirm that you've heard from your sisters, daughters, brothers, girlfriend that's related to uh to <laughs> to the future number one pick, Will Le- Levis, and have created <laughs> the uh, crash today in the market. Yeah. No, it's pretty crazy because you have a guy on Reddit who posted his name's at sale agreeable. He said, Will Levis is currently 40 to one to be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family, uh, Carolina will in fact take him on Thursday. You're welcome. Uh, now this guy, uh, created his Reddit account seven days ago. Uh, he also has continued to comment and say like, Oh, it's for sure them and say weird things like Vegas knows and you know, like random, random shit. So, I would not bet on Will Levis go first oh. overall. I think that's a smoke screen or not a smoke screen, just like whatever this guy just shit posting on Twitter, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I would say faded. Like I, I'm yeah. not buying this at all. Yeah. If Will Levis won, it's going to be Bryce Young. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I'm near enough certain that it will be Bryce Young. I mean, if for, for the pure, just the laugh of it, if it was Will Levis, I mean, he would go down. Everyone would be after him <laughs> to, uh, to do some reporting after that. But, uh, yeah, I, I fully expect after that, the draft really does open up and really with the Texans, there is so much uncertainty of who they're going with. Is there any, have you got any thoughts on where you think they'll go? Yeah. So I think actually right now, I think we're going to see one Bryce Young. I think two, we're going to get, I think well, Will Levis goes. Now okay. that being said, there's kind of a lot of different moving variables. And the, the few things here is that we know that Will Levis is their second-ranked quarterback. So that's something that I feel very confident about. Other than that, I also feel confident that Nick Casario is in the hot seat and that they don't have a quarterback and that their GM, Nick Casario, is not necessarily in a good place to build for the future. So, you know, if they don't have a high grade on Will Levis, that's fine. They could probably just sit there, take a defender at 2 and 12, or, you know, continue to build the, the other pieces around the quarterback for maybe next year, like Caleb Williams. But since he's on the hot seat and because the owner – might say, hey, we need a quarterback. Who's that going to be? You know, that's probably going to be the next highest guy on their board in Will Levis. So 
for me, that's kind of, I think, where part of the steam came from a Will Levis being the second overall pick. And that's where I kind of view him probably as the most likely scenario. Now, that being said, if the owner doesn't force him to do that, or if for some reason my sourcing is wrong and he's not in the hot seat, uh, you know, there is a potential for them to go defense. And in that situation, I would lean towards Tyree Wilson, but Will Anderson's very much in play there as well. So I took some Will Levis at like 20 to one. I took some Will Levis at three to one to be the second overall pick. So I'm a little bit biased in that sense, but at the same time, um, I just think it's most likely at this point. I I am considering hedging that being said, I just don't know how to do it because I don't know. We don't know the preference between Wilson and, and Will Anderson. Yeah, that's and that's right. The hedging game is is going to be very hard on that because it really it could be either of them two. I mean, is Stroud definitely off the board? Do you think? It, definitely no chance. Do you think that Texans will will go back that way? Yeah, I think that Stroud is a lot more liked in the media than by teams, just in yeah. general. And then also from what I've heard, basically from people in the Patriots organization, don't really they don't like Stroud at all. And a lot of those same principles that the Patriots organization has scouting wise, the Texans do obviously as well because of Nick Casario came from the Patriots. So it's like, I think it's not obviously one for one and apparently he does have some fans in the building, but I would guess that he is not, you know, on their board number two. So again, if they're gonna take quarterback, you know, Will Levis is going to be their guy, probably not CJ Stroud, even though he's perceived to be the second best quarterback by most other people. All that matters is the Texans opinion, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, even then, moving down onwards. I mean, Arizona. I think everyone seems to think they they want to do everything they can to get out of this pick that they don't want. Um, they they want to probably stockpile some draft picks. Whether they're going to be able to get out is another matter. And then, if they don't, we hear reports last night. Kyler Murray saying how he would would like Paris, um, the the offensive tackle. Um, yep. But then also you've got maybe Will Anderson still there, or Tyree Wilson still there. Um, again, a, another team that could go in multiple ways uh, for their pick. Yeah, from my understanding, they don't like Will Anderson very much. So I think it puts them in a tricky dilemma, though, because they obviously want to trade down. But I think that if Tyree Wilson's there, that's probably their pick. If Tyree Wilson's not there and they can't trade down, that begs the question, what are they going to do? Because if they don't, like Will Anderson, do they sit there and take Paris Johnson when he could probably be had, you know, at seven, yeah. maybe eight, maybe nine, you know, like I think in that range, that was kind of his expected range. Now at this spot though, it, I mean, there's a real chance that they can't trade down. If teams aren't enamored with the quarterbacks in this, in this draft, which is very fair, then, you know, you're going to look at Arizona having to stand pat and make the pick and they need so much help uh, or they take a significant discount on a trade down, uh, which I think is also possible as well uh, compared to the normal trade chart. Just because, again, they need so many other positions. So having like, you know, pick 11 and then another first next year or like a couple of seconds, a second this year, and maybe have, you know, another second the year after, I think they would consider taking when normally they would get like way, way more than that uh, for a trade down just because they need like, they need players who can actually like play football, you know, like they're not yeah. guys who are just like complete bums. And you think the Titans and Raiders are the two most likeliest teams that are going to try and offer maybe something either when they're on the clock um, I imagine that's probably going to be the best time because they might be desperate, as you just mentioned, to get out of that pick and take a little bit less than what you normally would. Going down to seven, so that, like you said, then uh, Paris is still going to be there more than likely at seven. There's going to be other players that one of the cornerbacks, you're probably going to get Gonzalez, maybe Witherspoon there, unless the Lions take one of them too. So you're right. I think at, at seven, it's sort of 
that that would be one trade that I, would, I think could could well happen there. Yeah, no, uh, the, I think the the Titans trading up make a lot of sense. Uh, at least just from everything that I've heard. Uh, you know, specifically trading up to three. The Raiders, I'm kind of waffling on a little bit. We know that they were in on Bryce Young at one, but would they trade up for Anthony Richardson? Would they trade up for CJ Stroud potentially at three? I don't know. You know, that's another question there. So, uh, I, from my understanding, though, Arizona has had offers for the third overall pick, and they're just kind of like waiting. I think maybe with all the, you know, uncertainty that they're trying to get a better offer uh, and are kind of waiting to be on the clock and like then pull the trigger. So, that's, I still think they're going to trade out. I just don't know who it is or for how much. Yeah, that's it. Uh, anyone in the top 10 at the minute, do you see really any value there? As I say, it's such a, there's so many different different variables here that a lot of teams could go very differently with a lot of these picks. But at the current prices, is there anyone there that you still do like? Yeah, um, I think in this spot here, I think we're looking at potentially a CJ Stroud fall and you're able to get some decent numbers on that. So if you kind of, and this is, I think the best way to approach this draft because we have so much uncertainty, like go through the thought process of, okay, well, what if Will Anderson falls, right? So, you know, there's a scenario of Bryce Young goes one, Will Levis goes two, Tyree Wilson goes three to the Cardinals, the Colts, we know we're going to take a quarterback in, you know, will Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. But in this scenario, the Seahawks, you know, what if they want Anthony Richardson or they really like, uh, you know, CJ Stroud, that means Will Anderson sitting there at six overall. I mean, he's like, you know, plus 600, plus 700 to go six overall. Uh, and the same thing I think applies to CJ Stroud because there's also plenty of scenarios where quarterbacks, only three quarterbacks go in the top five and not, you know, four or even two. And so, like, I think embracing that variance there with a team like maybe getting CJ Stroud to the Lions at six, CJ Stroud eight to the Falcons, uh, like all of those teams further on the board could make a ton of sense. Past that, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd bet him to like, 11 the Titans they don't even have that market up yet but like I think that one of those teams is probably going to take him or someone's going to trade up in that range so like if he's there at six maybe the Lions take him maybe someone trades up for him in that spot because he's falling so like there's a lot of different ranges of outcomes here for a guy like Stroud and I think embracing that variance is a pretty sharp move with this draft yeah that's it I, I think that's right I think I think betting the actual draft position there probably isn't as much value on some of them because of the short price you're probably off better off Taking taking a flower on one of them at the bigger price and going from there. Uh, one player obviously it's got quite a bit of steam in the top ten. It's Bryson Robinson to maybe Atlanta. His current number's twelve and a half. Now to me, I kind of like the over twelve and a half. I think if if Atlanta don't take him, who else would take him in that top twelve? But I know we hear a lot of talk about the Eagles. I'm not sure the Eagles take him personally. Uh, Titans def definitely aren't going to be taking him. Uh, the Texans, I can't believe the Texans will take him. Uh, the Bears aren't going to take him, I wouldn't have thought. So is uh, I suppose it would only be if a team traded up for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're looking at basically Atlanta as the main out there. Um, and I, I think they're going to go with Nolan Smith or yeah. a corner. You know, Todd McShay reported in his latest piece saying that they're one of the likeliest destinations for a corner, even after trading for Jeff Akuda. They released... Uh, Casey Hayward as well. Uh -huh. So I think that kind of brings them back to neutral ground on a corner here. So like you're looking at if Witherspoon or Gonzalez is there, I think they could easily go eight to Atlanta. Uh -huh. uh, like you said, Chicago's not going to take Bijan. There's been some buzz about Philly at 10. I don't know whether to buy it. I think that they prefer to draft Jalen Carter or, uh, you know, maybe an offensive lineman. And like you said, like 11, I guess if they traded Derrick Henry, but like there's all these different scenarios here yeah. where I think the over is the right decision, but I worry because I go back to, 
like Daniel Jeremiah and plenty of other evaluators who've worked in the NFL saying like, yeah, this guy's like a top five player on everyone's big board, but no one wants to take a running back that high. Yeah. So it's like, what wins out? Like, you know, positional yeah. value or a player on their big board. Uh, so I get worried. Uh, I would lean over. I agree with you, but it's like, it's going to be a sweat. You're going to be yeah. sitting there at every pick, especially starting pick eight, just yeah. sweating because any of those could be by Bijan and people would be like, Oh, you know, all the no, you know, running backs don't matter. Yeah. Community would be all pissed. But I mean, I don't know. Some some teams just do whatever they want, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting on I'm sitting on 33 to one on him to go to the Lions. So I'm sort of a Ooh. I'm sort of half hoping that might come alive on one of the two picks. But yeah, I got a 30 to one on him going to the Falcons. Fanduel oh, opened okay. that at 30 to one, and Oof. I mean, yeah, wow. I mean they they maxed me like 30 bucks, but still 30 to win a grand. You know, it's it's not exactly. a yeah, it adds up pretty quick. Definitely, definitely. All he needs one of them to hit. Um. So moving out, moving out of the top ten, and then going into the ten to twenty range again. There's not a whole lot of clarity. The Jets and the Packers swapping picks with the recent Aaron Rodgers trade. I'm not sure that does a lot. It's only two picks different, so it probably doesn't make anyone maybe more valuable than another. Anything you see in this range, Connor? Yeah, so the I think the Patriot or the Packers and Jets pick swap there with the Rodgers trade was pretty interesting. I took a position pretty quickly on uh, Broderick Jones over, so that was a thirteen and a half. And if you can yeah. still find that, I like that a pretty good juice there because now you're looking at the Jets. Where if we look at all the mock drafts, there he was already going over that in like sixty percent of the sharp mocks that uh, my our buddy uh, Vegas Refund tracks, and mm-hmm. all the outs before that were at thirteen to the Jets. So now if you're swapping those picks. I mean, I expect Darnell Wright to be well over 13 and a half in basically every single sharp mock draft at closing. So, uh, or sorry, not Darnell Wright, Broderick Jones. Yeah. yeah, Broderick Jones, because he just hasn't, like, he's only been linked basically to the Jets and the Packers. Uh, I think you're going to go defensive line there, maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I think he's also gotten a lot of hype to the Packers as well, which would be uh, pretty interesting considering they've never taken a receiver in the first round, really, when yeah. Rodgers was there. But at the same yeah. time, like, I think the point stands. If you can find a Broderick Jones 13 and a half, even 14 and a half, I don't think New England's going to take an offensive lineman, but they might. So I think if you find a 13 and a half, I still feel really good about that. Yeah, I think a few places over in England is currently 14 and a half when I, when I look today. I, I thought the Jets made sense. There's a bet up at the minute still at William Hill, and it was um, was Broderick Jones to go to the Jets and, um, and uh, Porter Jr. to go to the Steelers at 35 to 1. I thought that was not a bad bad value Steelers could easily go corner um and take him um so yeah I thought that 35 to 1 there's there's it's always hard when you're picking certain players to go to teams they're they're long shots for a reason um, oh yeah other than that yeah the, the Patriots one is a bit tricky again another team that could go multiple ways corner offensive line um wide receiver um the, yeah they're, they're, they're another one and then obviously the Lions second pick, sort of some of that will be dictated by who they take in the, with their first pick, uh, which changes totally what where they go with that second pick. As you say, if a quarterback falls, if they did take a shroud, um, then they're most certainly going defense. You'd expect that second pick. I think the talk of wide receiver with Jameson Williams getting a suspension, do you buy anything into they might take receiver? Uh, I don't know. I think that they, I don't think that they would, to be honest, mostly because like, I mean, they already drafted Jameson last year, knowing that he was going to sit out like a full year. Now you're, now he's missing another, what, six games. Like, uh-huh. I don't know at this point, I think they'll probably just ride it out. I think that Detroit's picks are pretty, uh, 
pretty correlated in what they're going to go with. So if they get like, I think that they need a corner with one of their picks for sure. And the other pick I think could be, it's probably going to be a defensive lineman. So like at six, I think it could be, you know, like Will Anderson, if he's there, Tyree Wilson, otherwise I think it'll be Devin Witherspoon at six, yeah. uh, you know, unless the CJ Stroud falls like again, like if, if they, and they really like him, uh, other than that, I think that at 18, then it's going to be the inverse. So if they're able to get Will Anderson or Tyree, you're going to see like Joey Porter Jr. or Deontay Banks at corner there for 18. And then, or if it, they go corner first, you're going to get maybe a Kalijah Kansi. They've been linked to him, the defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. Uh, so I think that it's going to be one of the two. I, I expect like corner and defensive lineman to be their two picks. It's just kind of what order. Or actually, I've been cooking in my latest mock draft, Bijan Robinson, 18 to, to them there. Yeah, I know they got David Montgomery, but... <laughs> It would be that would be fire, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That that's the hit where I'm hoping um, that comes in at 18 for that 33 to one. Mm-hmm. Um, any anything else in that range, Connor, that you you like or that's about at the minute? Uh, in this range specifically here, um, honestly, I think kind of like things that I've been coming up a little bit more on as of late would be that I think the. Uh, Seahawks here could go with a corner. I think Joey Porter Jr. fits them really well. The Bucks are the start of Anton Harrison's range, so he's an offensive tackle uh, that's a kind of a fringe first rounder. But like I've heard that the Bucks love him in 19, so that's a very interesting proposition as well. Uh, other than that, I think that like the there's I mean there's probably 15 guys who've been rumored to go in the yeah. top 10 here, and yeah. like some of them bleed into the late teens. So a guy like Darnell Wright, uh, I've heard that the yeah. Bears really really like him at nine. Uh, now, obviously, they'd want to trade down and get him, but in order to trade down, you need someone to trade up. And I, I don't think anyone's going to trade up here. Honestly, like yeah. this is, there's not many guys worth trading up for. Like you don't trade up for a running back. I mean, Jalen Carter, maybe if you don't have any concerns about his character, I think is the only player actually you're trading up for, to be honest. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think there's not going to be any trade ups. I think he could go as high as nine. He could also go as low as like sixteen or seventeen with Commanders or Steelers. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think. We'll see as many trades as what people are maybe expecting in them first uh, 15 or so picks. I think unless one of the ones we mentioned at the start move up for one of the quarterbacks, I think after that, going to be hard-pressed to see anyone want to get up to 10, 11 sort of range. Uh, yeah. But, but then I think from the 20 to the 31, then we will. Uh, that's where we're going to see, I think, maybe some trades. Uh, most notably, I think, that can see Chiefs or support. I think they're they're in a prime position to trade up for maybe a wide receiver. Um, would love down our right to still be there. I think that would be a great fit for them to trade up for. I just think he'll probably have gone before then. I know they definitely liked him. They liked Quinton Johnson. Um, they had a workout with Zay Flowers. Um, any any anything you see in any of them? Yeah. So. And this is kind of similar to the first, like, you know, I mentioned there's 15 guys that I thought could go in the top 10, you know, give or take. I have a list right now. We're looking at 24 guys that I think have been rumored to be, you know, like very sure first round picks. And there's like 10 spots, you know, there's like, there's like the last 10 spots I have 24 guys for. And I've just been like banging my head into the wall, trying to figure out who's going where, because it's just really hard to like pin where these guys are going to go. And some of these guys are going to be falling surprisingly like, and what, what's adding the fuel here is that we're getting talks about Hendon Hooker, the quarterback out of Tennessee, being a first-round pick. And that's now like minus 250. 
So, I mean, I got to find somewhere for him to go. And then we have Jameer Gibbs. Now the running back out of Alabama who, you know, Peter Schrager and Todd McShay both said was a first round lock. So you put those guys in and we're looking at like a bunch of other defensive players that yeah. were really like looked really good and maybe aren't going to make it in the first round anymore. So it's, it's really tough for me to find a spot for a lot of these guys. Um, I don't know if I'm buying the over for one and a half first round running backs. I think I might fade that and take some plus money on the under because it just seems yeah. like a little bit reactionary to two guys opinion on a running back. That's really small. And you know, the only team that I'm worried about though, that I've heard likes him is the Eagles at 30. I think if they don't get Bijan, I think that they could go with Gibbs at 30, which is a little bit scary for me because I mean, I don't know. It doesn't, it's, it's just a little bit of a luxury pick, but at the same time, it's like 10, they would be, I think people would be pretty mad 30 though, you know, eh, just kind of is yeah. what it is, right? Like yeah. it's a little bit far enough down the teams do it sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And that, and that's right. You are in that more of a range where it becomes a little bit more acceptable. Uh, like you say, this Hendon Hooker, again, another one intriguing. The most obvious one is the Vikings, obviously, um, for him, or a team trading up into the late first round to take him. In, in my head, I think no one's taken him in the first round, but there has been a, a decent move for it. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sort of stuck in thinking whether to bet him at a decent price to not go. Uh, I think it's 31 and a half. I think his, uh, his draft position might be at the minute. Uh, so that's one I'm really considering. And the other one was Dalton Kincaid at 24 and a half. I, I think he could go over 24 and a half as well. Um, again, that's, uh, I think it's five to six in in England at the minute. Any any thoughts on, on him? Yeah, I think Kincaid, uh, I've put him at 21 to the Chargers, but that's kind of his only out. Uh, like, I think they could easily prefer Michael Mayer, you know, like, other than that, we're looking at the Giants and or like Dallas at 26, who could potentially be interested in tight end. The Bengals at 28 could be interested in tight end, 29 Saints. But that's like, you know, just I don't think those are locks by any mm. means. So yeah, I think the overrun Kincaid makes a lot of sense. Hendon Hooker, I'm having the same issues you are because Vikings make a decent amount of sense here. But like the teams who otherwise make sense, you know, like maybe the Lions at 18, the Bucks at 19, uh, the Commanders at 16, but those are way too early. I mean, if you're taking Hendon Hooker at there. I think you're just insane. Like, I think yeah. that it's crazy to take 25 year old coming yeah. off an ACL played in a system where they only like had half the field for reads. Like they like, sometimes the other receiver wouldn't even run routes, like another half of the field. They would just like run. They would just like jog, like to like wow. save their energy, which is totally crazy. So it was like not an NFL system at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that being said, he was, you know, on pace to potentially be a Heisman candidate before he got injured. But I mean, all those things considered, like, I don't think that he's a first round pick. But the markets obviously disagree with me. I would consider taking an under on him, but it's another thing, kind of like taking the Bijan Robinson over. I'm not sure it's a sweat that I want because every single trade up in the back half of the first round could be Hendon Hooker. You know, it could be <laughs> yeah. for a team taking Hendon Hooker. And I'm not just not sure that I really want that that kind of sweat going into uh, you know Thursday because I'm gonna be sweating so much other stuff. I prefer just not to have too much on that. Maybe a little sprinkle because I do think the value is there. Honestly, at this point, plus money. It might be too big, too hard to resist. The the only one I've got pen and hooker I'm hoping will either trade up and take him away or fall out the first round is I took some twenty eight to one on the on the Saints taking him um a while ago. That was the only one I had for him that if he got past the Vikings, maybe the Saints um could could pull the trigger on him. But again, just shoot just shooting darts on that. Let's see. 
Oh yeah. I think any of the long shots there, I think are fine. I mean, like, like any of these back after the, like, uh, you know, after you get outside of the top 10, 15 picks, like, I think the best way to approach these, you know, exact uh, opportunities here, like team to player is just take like the longer shot ones where the team has to trade up or something, because there's so much more volatility, like with these back yeah. half guys, like don't bet the chalk on these guys. Like don't, don't bet the shortest odds because it's almost never those teams. Like yeah. if you look at the most, the best mock drafters in history, like most people don't even get half, half of the, their mock draft. Right. And most of the time, none of them get their, their bottom 10 picks. Right. Like, most people get like maybe one in their bottom 10 picks, right? So like, it's just like, no one knows really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, just interestingly, on the tight end market, do you have Kincaid as your first tight end off your board on, on your mock at the minute? Or have you got May going someone else? I'm probably going to change it. I did last time, but uh, there are some rumors about Kincaid's medicals popping up yeah. as well again. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think to that point, Darnell Washington's medical apparently flunked some team medicals as well. So, and he's another tight end. So if you're looking at it yeah. under two and a half tight ends, I think if you could find in the minus 200 range, minus 250 range, I think it's still good because the more I do mock drafts, the more I'm like, they're not going to take a guy who flunked some medicals. Yeah. Elton Kincaid, you know, if his back issue is an issue for some teams, like he might not go as high as we think. So it's really tough to get three tight ends, I think in this first round here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. And the back issue tight end isn't, isn't the best either. Um, <laughs> any anything else, Connor, on on the draft that you you like or that's about at the minute? Um, yeah, let's see here. Anything else right now? So one other fun one that I thought was good uh, would be the Cardinals to take an offensive lineman. You can get that at like plus two hundred in some spots um, because I think that there's a chance that we talked about a little bit earlier, but if they stay put. Yeah, I think there's a reasonable chance that they just take Paris Johnson no matter what. But yeah. I think if they trade back, which I still think is very, very likely, they're like almost certainly going to take an offensive lineman uh, just based on their visits, based on the guys that they've had in. So I think you're getting two to one on that. Uh, like, I like that a lot. Uh, now, obviously, they'll, they'll, I think the only way you lose, honestly, is if they stay and take Tyree. Because if yeah. Will Anderson's out of the picture, you know, that is what it is. So I, I don't know. Maybe there's a hedging opportunity there. We're betting both because I think Tyree's still like, you know, over plus 200 to be the third yeah. overall pick. So, but still, I like, I really like that look a lot. Um, it's something further down the board. Um, do I'm Giants still definitely not... go wide yeah. receiver? Sorry, Connor, just putting in. Giants, do they definitely go wide receiver, do you think? Or do you think there's a chance they do go somewhere like corner? I'm hearing that they might go interior offensive linemen, that they okay. don't prior, they're not prioritizing wide receiver as much as everyone thinks. Okay. Um, and so, also, Peter Schrager mentioned on one of his uh, latest pods that they would not want like one of the smaller wide receivers. So, like if they did pick a wide receiver, it would be like a Quentin Johnston, not a okay. Zay Flowers or Addison, Jordan Addison, uh, which has like been my most popular thing. I've been putting them with one of those guys. Uh, but if if they're not into that, then like I don't think they're going to pick Quentin Johnston in the first round. I think they might go more for like a Osiris Torrance or John Michael Schmitz, like a center or something kind of interior offensive okay. lineman there. Um, yeah, that would kind of be my lean. I, haven't, I don't know what the price is on that, though, but I should probably look into that because I think that makes a lot of sense. It must it must be okay. I think wide receiver and corner are probably two of the uh, of the higher part of the market on uh, for the Giants picking that, them two anyway. Uh, the, the, one, the other one I sort of like was Zay Flowers. I, I sort of like his under 22 and a half, and then I was looking into it, and then I'm not sure how many outs actually that – there is for Zay Flowers at 22 and a half, unless someone comes up. 
So it sort of taught me maybe out of it, um, thinking it looked okay at the price. And now I think I've taught myself out of it, unless unless you think any differently, Connor. No, I, I think that, I don't know. I, I keep going back and forth. These guys, because we've gotten reports that New England thinks that, you know, like loves Zay Flowers and that, you know, Brett Coleman said it was the worst kept secret in the league that they're going to draft Zay Flowers. Now, I'm not really buying that because when was the last time that we ever knew New England's first round pick? I don't know anyone who does, like ever. You know, like we can maybe get a guess on like what position they're going to have or anything like that if you know some people in the organization. But they, I mean, they picked Cole Strange last year. I don't even think he was like in most people's top 50. Like even know who that guy is, right? So like I'm not buying that. And if we go further down the board, maybe the Packers are interested, but they've been more connected to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, The one that concerns me is the Chargers at 21. You know, I think that they're pretty viable to pick a wide receiver, even yes. with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being kept there. Yeah. So I think they're viable. But other than that, like, I guess the Seahawks could be in play, but I don't know. Like, it seems like a lot of really other thin outs. So, yeah, I'd, I'd almost prefer the over that maybe they're falling. Yeah. Uh, just looking into what you just said about the Giants, there's a five to one currently at Sky Betting in England for anyone who wants to have a bet on that. I think Fanjul, our, our bet fair over here, it's seven to two. So three and a half to one, which I assume would be Fanjul um, with yourself over there at that price. Not sure if you're seeing any high after offensive linemen for the Giants there. but No, that's a good look. Yeah, I'm looking at, I saw a plus 380 on DraftKings. That's what I was just looking at over here. Uh, I'm sure you, you see me looking off screen here. It's like I'm scrolling yeah. draft odds on my monitor and my phone <laughs> at the same time <laughs> to make sure yeah, that I'm able to get the latest odds. <laughs> multitask. Right, Connor, before I let you go, over obviously the next couple of days, we're going to hear some big news coming out. Always do. Uh, any advice you would give on on not trying to get caught out with some bad information and rushing to place a bet or following the information and trying to get the bet on before maybe the price changes? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a little bit tough because it varies person by person. So something I would pay attention to uh, Lance Zierlein's info with the Texans. He nailed both their picks okay. last year and has generally been very good. That being said, I don't think that he is. Um, I don't think that this year he's as sure as he was in previous years. Um, Peter Schrager has generally been very connected to the Cardinals. Still says that he's very connected. I know you, him and Cliff Kingsbury were boys, so he was obviously more connected before. But again, like probably knows what's going on there. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah as well to the Jets and to the Ravens. So like. They, these guys with these teams, like you have to mock or have to at least like consider betting on whatever position that they're putting there. Maybe they don't get the player right, but like, like I think Jeremiah has nailed the last like six years of the Jets positions uh, or something like that in a row. So like, just because he knows kind of the direction that they're going in and then he's able to put the right position there. So like, those are the hints that I would give out. Don't bet on random rumors from Reddit. Uh, that would be another, <laughs> another tip there. Otherwise it's going to be a fun wild night. I mean, it seems like, you and I are both kind of on the same page here in terms of just taking some long shots yeah. and, uh, you know, going from there because uh, it could be a crazy, crazy night. It definitely could, yeah. Late night, 1 a.m. start for the UK. So uh, it's going to be uh, red eyes again for work, but such is life and the, the joys of a uh, time difference. Um, Connor, <laughs> I suppose, especially from your own mock draft as well, where, where can people find you? And obviously, I, I assume you're going to release another mock draft before the... Uh, before we get to Thursday, maybe two. Yeah, probably just one more. These, <laughs> these things take a lot longer than I thought they would. So, you know, I, I think I've, I've already done three. 
Um, I had one come up like late last week and then I'll probably have another one, uh, either maybe the morning of, uh, Thursday. Uh, and then obviously pumping out all of our NFL draft bets over at four com. You can find me on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we, I think we're going to release a couple bets tonight, a couple bets tomorrow officially uh-huh. that we released in our discord. So, um, yeah, obviously just going to play the information and go from there and try and make everyone some money. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. What we all want to hear. Connor, always a pleasure to have you on. Really enjoy the talk, especially player props. We all love the player props side of things and that. So, yeah, I wish you all the success on the draft and hopefully have you on again as the season draws nearer for uh, maybe some season-long bets. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, Ross. Cheers, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hopefully found you some winning bets. And good luck with the draft, and I'll be online recording again soon. Goodbye.